5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in, everybody. It's great to have you with us here on this uh, Thursday. We're uh, headed towards the end of the week. Uh, and uh, Pilk, you're uh, what? A, you're a, a bandwagon Boston sports fan, right? Philip the Ref Pilky did producing today's show, by the way. I think when you have family from there, it's not bandwagon, but that's what you want to call it, I guess. So. Family? What's that got to yeah. do with anything? Family? I mean, I grew up in a city where there was no MLB team. <laughs> when I was a kid, there was no NBA team. We were a long way from Raleigh. The Canes sucked anyways. Bandwagon. No, I. I you have uh, reason to root for Boston. You, you, so, wouldn't you love to be there right now in that city? Oh, yeah, I would. I mean, you got to think U.S. Open's going on game six. Sox had a home game today. When I left to come yeah. here, they were getting hammered. But, uh, you know, Sox but playing still, well. There's a, yeah, there's a lot going on, right? A lot going on up in uh, in Boston, uh, including, as you mentioned, the U.S. Open. Uh, Roy McElroy, one of five players tied atop the lead. Uh, one of those is still out on the course right now. And then you have uh, a whole gaggle of players, including, uh, I guess they would call him Raleigh's Webb Simpson, since he's two under, uh, a shot back. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, Will Zalatoris a shot under for his round one. The morning, um, as tough as it was to score for some in the morning, the thinking was that the afternoon was going to be a little tougher, but I guess it stayed overcast there. First of all, I had to find it. It was on the USA Network. And uh, Pilk and and uh, Chris is here as well. Chris, remind me what you want to be. I can't. I, I just. I can't. I can't ever remember your strange nickname that you have for yourself. My strange nickname. Yeah, your your air name. My my old DJ had. name was DJ C squared, like because double C. DJ C squared. See, I want to say C squared the DJ, but that's not it, right? That's dyslexic. You can call me C squared the DJ. That works. I don't like that though. That's why I think I'm having a hard time with it. So, so it's DJ C squared. But um, correct. Yeah. Well, well, it's good to have you back in. 
You're looking. Chris is, is pulling that uh, split shift again. Hardworking young guy. Uh, don't know where I was going with this, Pilk. Oh, oh, USA. That's what it was. So back in the day, Pilk, you know, USA used to show a lot of sports, and a lot of sports are returning to USA, including golf. Back in the day, there used to be a time, Pilkington, where there was no televised Thursday or Friday golf. Did you know that? Oof, that's tough. And USA Network filled that void. And that's where uh, the Open is today. By the way, um, some of the notables, uh, Brooks Kepka blowing up. Well, not really blowing up. He's two over. Uh, Billy Horschel, three over. Uh, Phil Mickelson, yikes, five over. Uh, Sergio, four over. He's still out on the courses. Lefty's still out on the course, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Birthday, I think he just made the, the turn, I believe. Lefty didn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's now plus six. Yikes. That's pretty brutal for Phil. Um, Harold Varner the third two over. Now that was – Harold's right there, really, if you think about it. And you might say, oh, well, here we go. Here's HV3 blowing up again. Well, we mentioned Kepka is – one of those that is two over. Kokrak, who's won on the uh, tour in the last year or so, is a couple shots over. But did you I, – I saw a little bit of word uh, – Patrick Cantley and Jordan Spieth also two over. I saw a little bit of word of this today, Pilk, that uh, HV3 has tonsillitis. Yeah, that's and, what you were saying. I had not heard anything about that. Yeah, well, I read that a little earlier this morning because he teed off before 8, and I thought, well, that's just maybe. When I say I read that, I saw it on Twitter. I thought, well, maybe this is just, you know, um, yip-yap, jive, what have you. And um, I was talking to somebody uh, who's covering it earlier this afternoon as Harold was wrapping up his round, and they were like, Harold's in pretty good shape. Uh, and not bad for tonsillitis. And I'm thinking to myself, what? So HV3, uh, I don't think that kept him from talking. He's kind of, he's he's uh, Philip Pilkington of the PGA Tour. He'll talk to anybody. Right? Yeah, from what I hear, that's kind of how he is. So uh, there you go. HV3 with uh, tonsillitis is uh, out there gutting it out. We'll uh, update things on uh, that leaderboard coming up. Uh, Pilk's also going to have an update of uh, the Big Rock leaderboard. I, I will fess up to the fact I have not paid any attention to what's going on in the Big Rock today. Uh, so uh, we'll rely on Pilk's uh, outstanding update. Uh, I didn't realize there were like 10 different divisions this thing. You told me to look up the leaderboard, man, and it was like – Biggest Marlin, well, biggest this. Well, the Marlin leaderboard that. is generally the the Marlin leaderboard is generally what we update. Okay, good. That's, that's what I put in the update. Yeah, that's where the big money is. But I mean, keep an eye on that because this is around the time of day the boats are coming in. Uh, and uh, I don't know if today was a lay day or not. I, again, I I really uh, did not did not stay on top of that today like we have in recent days. Um, so uh, my apologies there. Uh, let me see what else is uh, is happening of uh, note. Uh, well, as we mentioned, a great time to be in Boston uh, because uh, your Celtics are trying to keep their season alive. And uh, we've got Brian Geisinger coming up 
little bit later on in the show. Uh, he, of course, from accsports.com and uh, also is uh, with Sports Channel 8, and he's done some commentary uh, analysis work, college basketball, uh, ESPN Plus, but also ESPN Radio nationally. So uh, he's, uh, he's all over the place and uh, is a real big analytics guy when it comes to NBA and uh College Hoops applies a lot of that in his uh, analysis. So uh, we'll get his thoughts on um, what could be the final basketball game of the season tonight. A lot of people are leaning the way of uh, of Boston at home tonight. Can you blame them? The NBA cra- money crazed that it is, they will find <laughs> a way to make every call go Boston's way tonight so that they get their seven oh. games. You know it's going to happen. They have all on, series. Which, whichever team has trailed in the series has gotten the calls. The NBA is rigged to go seven games. Boston would have to come out there and just shoot bricks for days to lose this game just because all they care See, about is their money. I, I don't know. The Celtics are three-and-a-half-point favorites tonight. I don't buy that. I think Golden State wraps this puppy up tonight. That's just me. And if they may you come know? out and shoot lights, you know, if Golden State can't miss, there's only so much the refs can do. But I, I mean, I've seen too many game sixes where the, you know, the team that's down three two just gets way too many calls. I mean, when Boston was up two one and trying to, you know, all but close it out, it seemed like Golden State got every call because they didn't want Boston to go up three one. That was that was the was that the Sunday game in Boston? Yeah. The um, Golden State one or weekend game in Boston? Weekend, anyway, yeah. It wasn't yeah, Sunday. I watched Sunday the, I was still at baseball that late. Okay. I, I watched the – it might have been Friday. And I watched the end of that, and I just thought Boston melted. I think the Celtics are tired right now. They look it. I mean, they've gone seven yeah. the last two series, whereas Golden State's had a little more uh, rest. I, I, you know, and they're younger, but I, I just – well, their key guys are younger. But I, I just think right now they're a little bit of a tired-looking team. So, uh, I like Golden State tonight. But I also said I'd like Tampa to win the series in five last night, which is still, I suppose, a possibility, right? I guess so. I, I didn't – obviously, Ben was here yesterday. I'd kind of like to hear your analogy on that. What, the well, lightning in five? Yeah. I just don't – I think they're the better team. I did at least before last night. Now, credit the Avs because they smoked them. Oh, winning in overtime is not really a smoke, but they did look like the better team throughout most well, of the they, game. They were, really well, they were. Well, I'll say this: stretch in the second period where Tampa, you know, well, you, scored two goals. You gotta, you gotta remember this, Pilkington. When I looked in, it was the first inter, it was the first intermission, and they were ahead three to one, and so I went to bed at that point, and I thought they smoked them. See what I'm saying? Yeah. This is the problem when you go to bed too early. I know. Well, so, hey, you got to be up a little earlier than I do. You, you know, you got your talking town duties. Well, I would say though, it's a bit of an upset when you Avs over Lightning. You don't think so? You disagree with that? In the ball arena, no. Um, I mean, the All bottom right. line is, yeah, Vasilevsky's a way better net miner than Camper. But at the end of the day, this is the biggest offensive firepower in the NHL right now in the Colorado Avalanche. They they enter the zone and then it's a quick pass pass shoot. No matter how good of a goaltender you are, you're going to let up some of those goals because they're they score so early or get quality opportunities so early in the possession would you not agree that the lightning are a better team (sighs) 
top to bottom, I would say, yeah, they're probably a slightly better team, I would say. Okay. But I'm not, right. you know, I'm not all in on the saying that that's going to necessarily will them to victory just because of the fact that the Avalanche are never out of a game because they're, they're scoring, their firepower scoring is, is definitely the best, and sometimes that's what it takes. But their defense is a little suspect at times. It is, but they did a good job. Their forwards did a very good job yesterday. Well, they, had establishing the, they had a ton of time to get ready. Well, that was the thing. That they, they did a very good job yesterday establishing the forecheck well and taking the pressure off the defense. And if they can do that and that Tampa doesn't really get to enter the zone and have good puck control inside the zone, it's not going to matter. Tampa in five, maybe six. Now, I'll get I'll get, night, I'll get beheaded by my uncles if I agree with that one, so... Ah, oh, so this is another family pick for Pilkington. No, Pilkington hey, bases hey, all hey, his look, picks look. on the family. No, what is look, it? Dude, what, are you in some kind of are you in some kind of crime mob family? No, if you I'm go not. against the family sports teams, they'll they'll put a hit out on you. They won't. No, I, I mean, hey, I picked Golden State to win the series. My original thing was Golden State in six. So, but I think now I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards Golden State in seven. So, I'm definitely not just going totally biased on that, but. uh no, I can't. I can't have that little faith in the Avs. But uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm saying Avs in six. That's kind of what I've been saying the whole time, and I'm, I'm gonna stick to that. So that drew 4.2 million last night for Game One on ABC. Now that's compared. Now they want to compare it not to last year's heinous ratings for Tampa and Montreal because they aired all that stuff on NBC Sports Network in its fledgling days, trying to get rid of the contract. But uh, in 2019, Game 1 drew 5.3 million Blues Bruins, but that was like the all-time most-watched series, if we're being completely honest here, right? Yeah, it might have been up there. I mean, obviously, you got to look at the Those are big hockey well, markets, too. Right, more so that's than what the, I mean. In my, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Blues Bruins was, I think, the most-watched series, at least in, in modern times, but certainly uh, a heavily-watched series. So, I mean, 4-2 is not a bad number. I, I, You know, there's a lot of things you could criticize about uh, the worldwide leader, and you can criticize about even their hockey coverage, but at least they're putting it on ABC and not relegating it. To, of course, if it were on ESPN, that's a good thing, and the numbers have been up. And if NHL playoffs have not been bad. I, I, I will admit I kind of lost interest after the Canes got bounced and I firmly got off the bandwagon. But I thought it, uh, by and large, the playoffs have been pretty good. Um, all right. I got a couple of other interesting little tidbits here uh, as it pertains to some Major League Baseball and meteorite stuff. That, that stuff fascinates me. But we'll hold off on that uh, for now. Uh, Brian Geisinger to come in a little bit. Uh, Pilkington's going to update you on uh, many things going on. Yes, there's still a lot of sporting events occurring. And uh, we're going to uh, grab a break. We'll come back. Uh, and uh, we had a guy yesterday who kept trying to call into the show, but uh, Ben and Chris refused to answer his call for some reason. He had a lot of things to say. Dang it, Chris. We're going to let him say it next. If anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3 thegamecom
Chico's Mexican Restaurant is the home of the best margaritas. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Tuesday for the Gulp of Mexico, a huge 46-ounce lime margarita for only $6.99. On Thursdays, relax and enjoy half-priced pitchers of Chico's house margaritas. Choose from lime, strawberry, blood orange, raspberry, or peach. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's in downtown Greenville and now available through DoorDash, featuring a half-gallon of the famous margarita mix to go for only $9.99. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. Texas Roadhouse in Greenville is happy to support the community. At Texas Roadhouse, they not only want to be your favorite restaurant, they also want you to know they love this community and love supporting it. From providing food for charity golf tournaments to their school support programs, Texas Roadhouse is there when the Greenville community needs them. Also, it doesn't hurt that their food is awesome. Steaks, ribs, chicken, you name it, it's legendary. Texas Roadhouse, Southwest Greenville Boulevard, Greenville. We're in the most active season of the year right now, but if you have joint pain, you can't do things you like to do. Maybe that joint pain's keeping you from playing around the golf. You know, we got tennis, we got pickleball, maybe just getting out, going for a jog in your neighborhood. QC Kinetics is helping people right here get the fun back with advanced regenerative treatments from local medical professionals. Regenerative medicine is the hottest thing going. It's basically taking growth factors with healing properties from your own body, highly concentrated, then putting them back into your aching joints. They have over 100 clinics nationwide, including right here. So yes, you can get real relief from pain with no surgery, no drugs, no downtime. Stop putting it off. Call QC Kinetics now to learn more about regenerative medicine and get a totally free in-office consultation. Call QC Kinetics now. 252-765-PAIN. 252-765-PAIN. 765-PAIN. Are you ready for a new career? An amazing company chose Greenville to be the home of their nationwide contact center. Victra is the largest independent retailer for one of the nation's largest cellular providers. And Victra's Greenville contact center is growing rapidly. Victra is now hiring multiple positions for consumer sales, business-to-business sales, retail store support, customer care, and operations support. Benefits include incredible commission potential, paid face-to-face training, medical, dental, vision, paid time off, a 50% discount on your wireless bill, access to wages prior to payday, and 401k matching. Victor is now hiring both full and part-time positions, and top performers earn $25 to $28 an hour. All of their sales and service opportunities are inbound only. No outbound cold calls, no telemarketing. You will earn top dollar for every sale you make while working in a fun environment with a team of motivated professionals visit pit-jobs.com to apply now like us on facebook for breaking sports stories and the latest from around the pirate nation oh absolutely oh absolutely that's 94.3 the game's facebook page like us and follow us there today Miss Y boated a blue, Pilk. Breakwater boated a blue. How many pounds? Oh, they don't. They just boated them, so they got to bring them in and weigh them. Uh, you see what I'm what I'm saying? They boated them. Gotcha. By the no, way, we we needed terms. you. We needed you here yesterday. There were two questions 
that we need that we needed answered that you would have been able to answer. One, when was the next NASCAR race? That was an off-air question I asked Ben. Yeah, that, no was, that was well. Yeah, they're probably asking. There's no Cup race this weekend, so Cup's off. Ah, one one. They're okay. only weekend off this year. See, you would have known that. We didn't know that. You were one of the, you're one of the people that really follows this thing, sports nerd. I mean, I guess if they wanted in general, there is a truck race this weekend. So, hey, uh, when does the CBS uh, series that Tony Stewart did come back? Uh, this weekend. Oh, does it? Yeah, Saturday night. I thought that was a a real good thing last year. Did you, did you enjoy that? I enjoyed the heck out of that. Last I, year. I did. I did enjoy it. So, um, but it, they're competing with a dirt truck race this weekend. So I don't know how that's going to do. I mm, think the truck racing will get more views. Truck racing is more interesting sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Cause truck about 12th on can... back, it's full of morons that just want to have a demolition derby. Uh, see, that's, what's great about it. That's what I'm, that's what I enjoy. And then, uh, what was the country singer's name, Chris, yesterday? That was on. I don't remember um, his name, but uh, I know he made the Applebee's song. That's all I know about him. Yeah, what was his? What was that guy's name? Walker Hayes. Yeah, that sounds right. See, we had no idea who Walker Hayes was, and we, you being a bro country guy, I use that term loosely on bro country. But I, you being a bro country fan, we knew you would have known that automatically. We had to do a bunch of research. He did a concert down at uh, the Moorhead Marlins Stadium last night. That's why I was down there. Are you denying that you are a bro country fan, Pilk? Um, I mean, not totally. I, I do listen to country, okay. not as much as I used to. Kind of falling off the country bandwagon. We've, last we've five established years, so. <clears throat> we've established your musical tastes are hideous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I don't <laughs> listen to Chris. I don't know who's uh picking the songs today, but I'm down with it. Uh it's been a joint effort today. Okay. Well, you guys, it might take both of you to pick decent music. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to the phone lines at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. Uh, Tim, who's wanted to get in on the uh, show, I think he's been on hold since yesterday. Uh, Tim from Greenville on the Patrick Johnson Show. What up, Tim? Hey, how you doing? I'm good, I brother. I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah, no, happy to do it. I'm sorry we couldn't get you on yesterday, but uh, you know what? I, you know what we commonly do? We blame we we blame Chris now, so that's we'll blame him. Uh, so I know there was a lot of things, I guess, on your mind yesterday. But what what is uh, what's on your mind? How can we how can we help you here today? Well, there was just a couple of topics that you were talking about yesterday that I really wanted to throw some input in, um, as far as the Carolina Panthers and their quarterback situation. Y'all are talking about Baker Mayfield, and I know there's talk about Panthers' you know, interest in Baker Mayfield. I, I find that to be a little confusing and a big mistake if that's the direction that they're going. I okay, think I why? I yesterday in a message that I sent to you, they could have Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, and they probably still <laughs> right. finish seven wins. Well, it, it, the whole thing goes against what we have been kind of led to believe here. Um, but I, I'll answer that in a second. What else now? What else did you have on your mind? Because I, I do have maybe a piece of audio to support uh, my answer to your your call. But what what is the other thing that was on your mind you wanted to touch on real quick? Well, also, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're going to go after a quarterback, 
I, I think it would be the smarter decision to hold off and see if Garoppolo becomes available. When they ended up mm-hmm. going and getting Corral in the draft, uh, it seemed to me that they had played their hand. The fact that you've got $18 million that you're paying to a quarterback that is highly questionable for you to go out and get another, I don't want to say high paid, but a lot higher pay than a rookie quarterback, it just seems like mm-hmm. they're putting too many eggs in one basket for a quarterback, and none of them I wouldn't classify as A-plus quarterbacks. I would think they're well, average at best. Yeah, so good stuff there, Tim. We appreciate the call, and call back anytime. We'll, we'll get you on. Uh, that is kind of interesting well, because – well, go ahead real quick. Yeah. Yes, and, and the live tournament. I find that the live tournament, I think I mentioned to you yesterday, it seems almost like the trophies for participation. You don't have to earn it. If you just get there, you're going to get paid. Whereas in the PGA, well, you yeah. got to – Okay, so so a couple of different things. Now, I'll, I'll address all that. Uh, th- yeah, thanks for – and I don't disagree with you to a degree because that's been kicked around a little on the PGA Tour and not a reason for doing that. So let's start kind of with the first thing there. Um, Pilk, we got the audio from Matt Rule on, on Matt Corral. And, and Pilk, you could supplement some of this here. So uh, kind of a lot to unpack there. First of all, the, the whole Baker-Mayfield thing – to me, goes against what we've been told is the plan. And the plan is to build this thing with hopefully some progress and maybe eking into the playoffs. And I think he's right with this roster, especially if it can't stay healthy, as constituted as it is, uh, the the issue could be, you know, they're, they're, they'd have to have a hell of a year to be a playoff team. So that that's kind of point one, and I and I get that. So now, but there seems to be a would it be fascination? Would it be obsession? Would it be desire to have a really good quarterback? Because let's let's admit you have to, it helps if you have a really good, a great quarterback in the league, and so, but it goes counterintuitive to what we have been told is the plan. The plan is to let's see how it plays out this year with uh, Sam Darnold, because they, they are on the hook for him for a ton of money. And then Matt Corral, who we had ranked as our top quarterback, fell in our lap. And again, when I'm saying this, I'm speaking it from the Panthers' perspective. And so he'll have a year at least. I mean, the ideal scenario to me would Matt Corral doesn't play hardly any snaps this year. And if you, you should be able to, I mean, maybe get in at the end of the year, but you – the ideal scenario is you don't play that guy. You let him develop. That's an old school mentality, but that's kind of the way to me, the Panthers seem to be wanting to set up the season. You know, if we're going to, if we're going to, we're going to find out if Sam Darnold is our guy or not. And we're going to find out what Matt Corral can do through development this season. Yet they seem hell bent on getting Baker Mayfield. Uh, Let's play Matt rules cuts real quick here. Pilk on what he had to say about, uh, Baker, or rather Matt Corral, so he didn't say jack junk about uh, <laughs> about uh, Mayfield, but what he had to say about Matt Corral. The way Ben kind of says this, when the ball snapped, you know, Matt's natural instincts are, are usually pretty right on. You know, like it was a play today, he went to the left and wasn't there, he came right back to the right. 
you find a young guy that can scan the field like that, that's really good. When it, the pre-snap is what's getting them a little bit, you know, getting in the huddle, mastering the play call, getting the line of scrimmage, making a protection call, changing the cadence, using the, shifting the motion. It's just different, right? I mean, um, I think if you pulled the guys on our offense that are under the age of like 26, most of them have never been in the huddle, you know, until they get here. So it's just a different world. All right, so that's uh, Matt Rule, and that's that's a great point. I mean, look, there's a lot of things that Matt Rule says that are gibberish and nonsense. That's a great point. A lot of these guys that are on this roster aren't used to huddling. That's what you do in the NFL. Uh, Pilk, anything on that that I did not cover that I omitted? Because here's – see, I just tend to think the Bay, the, the Mayfield – the Mayfield – the Baker uh, Mayfield thing is – driven by his representation, driven by the Browns because they want to unload that contract. So they're trying to they're trying to stoke this flame here. And to me, it just seems like a lot of smoke uh, and a lot of jive at this point. Well, I agree with Tim. You know, he brought up a very good point. You're paying one guy $18 million, and then you trade up on day two to get another guy. Why would you go after a third quarterback? And especially, yeah, that's what, he brought up a good yeah. point. Neither one of these guys are eight-tier quarterbacks in Baker or Garoppolo. I mean, Garoppolo well, has been carried by a defense and a good O-line. Baker, like but you there said, is, Wait a minute, Pilk, hang on. Hang on, Pilk. There is a little bit of a, I mean, there's a little bit of an art to game management, is there not? There definitely is, and I, you know, some people can't stand Garoppolo, and they're like, "Well, his quarterback rating is this, and blah blah blah." And I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, you got to win games. So I've always, you know, he been kind of defender of Garoppolo, but still, like, like Tim said, yeah. though, you know, these guys are not phenomenal. And his point, which I don't totally agree with, about you know, even if you had Rodgers or Brady, you'd still win seven games. This was a number two defense in the league last year, despite being on the field the whole game. Um, you know. He, his point was they're not really going to win games even with those guys, so what's the point in wasting money on those guys? I think you would win with Brady or Rodgers, but I do not think you would win well, any more with Garoppolo or Baker that you wouldn't win with Matt Corral or Sam Darnold. I think he was saying that for effect, but I get what he the, – the team next – I mean, what we're this year is the year we're building it up with an eye towards the playoffs the following year, right? I mean, is is that not kind of the – I mean, nobody's really verbalizing that, but that's kind of the plan as we understand it, right? Yeah, I would, I would think so. Yeah. So, uh, the the Baker Mayfield thing makes zero sense to me. Now, Garoppolo. I mean, you just said it. He's on t- He he's had success with teams that have carried him on defense. His Panthers team seems to be being geared towards being built defensively. So maybe Garoppolo is the guy at year after next if Darnold doesn't work out. And Darnold might not be anything more than a game manager. But see, I, I'm like you. I, I think the Jimmy G thing is there's a little bit of skill in knowing staying in your lane and being a game manager. Now, are you going to win big? But, I mean, he, look he, look how far he's gotten them a couple times as the quarterback. Uh, the other thing with the live tournament, look, I, I, I don't, I don't view this. This is not a participation trophy as much as these guys are independent contractors. And yes, Phil Mickelson's made gobs of money, but he's also gambled away gobs of money. Apparently, uh, Dustin Johnson's, pardon the pun, on his back nine. So I think he's trying to kind of get out there and uh, look. If if somebody offered me. The radio equivalent of live money, 
I don't care if I hate the person. I'd be inclined to listen. Happy to take your money. But I, I just, I, I don't, I don't view it as that. I think these guys are just trying. Now, Brian Mole made a great point. You're looking at somebody in, in a lot of these cases who is, or a lot of guys that, you know, have never made big money. And this gives them a chance to do some, some life-changing things as far as earning big money. So I don't, I don't view it as guys are playing for participation trophies. I, I just view it as guys, these are guys that want to get paid for their craft, and if you can get guaranteed money, it's better than to, to get the guaranteed money when you can. Now, we can, you know, we've had big discussions about where it comes from, but, I mean, if, if let's just say it were another entity providing the funds for this. Granted, they may not be unlimited, but let's just say there were there was an unlimited source of money that it wasn't tied to such a, a a bad government entity. You know, we probably wouldn't be making such a deal of it because it'd be good for the players to be getting that guaranteed money. The PGA Tour, I mean, you can make a lot of money out there on the PGA Tour. Guys have made a lot of money on the PGA Tour. But the guaranteed money is, so it's more of that. I think it's more just wanting to get their hands on some cash than participation. Uh, all right, uh, good call, Tim. Thanks for for uh, dialing back into us here. Let's uh, have Pilk give us an update, and then we'll uh, get to Brian Geisinger talk a little hoop with him. Uh, some ACC offseason stuff, UNC, Duke, NC State, and a uh, little preview of the finals tonight. Right now, here is Philip the Ref Pilkington with a 94-3 the game sports update. Thanks, Patrick. We will start with some live sports and their leaderboards. Adam Hadwin is currently leading the U.S. Open. He is four under through 11 holes. There's a clump of guys in the clubhouse that shot three under 67 in the early window today. Those are Colum Terran, David Ling- Lingmurth, Roy McIlroy, and Joel Demon. Also out on the course currently at three unders, Matt Fitzpatrick and MJ Dafu. And going over to the 64th annual Big Rock Blue Marlin Tournament. The top three currently are Mercenari, Mercenara. They brought in a Blue Marlin at 572.6 pounds. Wall Hanger brought in one at 55, six, or 556.4, sorry. And High Yield is in third place with a 536.8 pounder. And there was a new addition to Pirate Football today as the Pirate Football team welcomed a new member Scott Gasper he was named the director of player personnel and recruiting he had this position previously at West Virginia where he also spent three years as the offensive coordinator and former Pirate outfielder Eric Bakic left Michigan after 10 seasons to be the new head baseball coach at Clemson during his time in Ann Arbor he took the Wolverines to five postseason appearances and the College World Series final back in 2019 tonight is game six of the NBA finals in Boston Warriors look to close out the Celtics to win their seventh NBA title the Celtics are favored by three and a half points as they look to force a game seven on Sunday back in the Bay Area 12-time WNBA all-star Sue Bird announced that she will retire at the end of this season 
season, she is the all-time leader in assist for the WNBA. And in Greenville Little Leagues, the Dick Sporting Goods Minor League semifinals are tonight. The number one seeded Braves take on the Pirates at six, and the Marl or sorry, take on the Brewers at six, and the or I think I believe it's the Giants. We wrote that wrong. I apologize for that. And at eight o'clock, the Marlins face off against the Pirates. The winners will play in the championship game at six o'clock on Friday. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. More of the P-Man Show after this timeout. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Football. 94.3 The Game. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Inner Banks Media's concert on the common season continues. family event full of good times, beautiful weather, and outdoor fun. Enjoy live music with your friends and family, along with adult beverages and great food on Greenville's Town Common. The next band to hit the stage at the Greenville Toyota Amphitheater is Trial by Fire, the Journey Tribute Band, June 23rd. This year will also feature music from the Chicago Tribute Band, Chicago Rewired. All the details at ConcertOnTheCommon.org. Special thanks to the City of Greenville and the Junior League of Greenville. Concert on the Common is sponsored by Hit Greenville Airport, Town Bank, Polly Pilon, State Farm Insurance, Bud Light, Victra, Greenville Toyota, SCA Collections, Sawyer's Fun Park, Suddenly, Greenville Utilities, The Air Doctor, ECU Health, The Ritchie Law Firm, and Interbanks Media. Welcome to U.S. Cellular. Yeah, hi. I want a new phone for free, but not just any phone. I want the newest, fastest, most storage-holding 5G unlimited data-using phone in here <clears throat> for free. Sure. Your choice. Really? Yep. At U.S. Cellular, we put you first. So choose any phone from any brand free. Plus, get unlimited data for just $30 a month. U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Terms apply to uscellular.com for details. We all love using Uber Eats, DoorDash, and grocery pickup. It makes life so much easier. Well, now there's cellular delivery. And the team at Cellular Warehouse has perfected the process. They will deliver your new phone right to your door with all your information loaded on the new phone. And the best thing is there's no charge for this awesome service. That's right, no charge for their delivery, and you don't have to waste half a day sitting in the cellular store. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 and let his team of experts make your cellular delivery today. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. cellular authorized agent serving all of Eastern Carolina. Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on the Patrick Johnson Show with our daily Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. 
Here on the Patrick Johnson Show, we have learned that it's Game 6 of the NBA Finals tonight. Bit of breaking news, maybe. And with this possibly being the final day of the basketball season, no better time than to bring in Brian Geisinger of Sports Channel 8 at ACCSports.com, their hoops guru uh, there, uh, to talk a little NBA Finals and some ACC basketball. Better late than never. I'm happy to be uh, the, the closer here, potentially. Best for last or whatever, what have you. Is it over tonight? I don't think so. I actually Ooh. think Boston's going to uh, use the famous word here. They're going to save off elimination. I think Golden State winning in seven before the series. So I'm going to kind of just ride with that now. Although if you are Boston, I, I do think you have to be a little bit worried. Like you lost the – you did lose, and granted it was on the road, but you dropped the proverbial like bad three-point shooting game by Steph Curry, you know, an offer from deep. And it came while also Jason Tatum was having a, a you know pretty nice scoring game for the Celtics. But I think Boston, I, I do think on the home court tonight with that defense, as long as their offense can like you know, I really think that's what's cost them the last couple of games is the half court offense just outside of a quarter or two has just been completely stuck in the mud. But I think they get that back on track, and I think this thing goes uh, takes seven games and is back in the bay for the uh, deciding matchup. If Golden State wins this thing tonight or be it Sunday night on their home floor, what does this do to cement the legacy uh, or build upon the aura of the core of uh, Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and even to a degree, Andre Iguodala and uh, Steve Kerr as the head coach? It bolsters them because it is four and eight years. Like all of a sudden now you're, you're panning out and it's almost a decade, right? And it just speaks to the, the power of, of Steph Curry, like what he is as an offensive force. All the stuff that we were writing about him in 2015, that this complete paradigm-shifting offensive talent with his ability to shoot from further out and off the dribble and with more efficiency than anyone in the history of basketball and what that was doing to warp and bend defenses is incredible. And that here you have them, even now, three years post-Kevin Durant and with Clay Thompson fully recovered from all of his injuries. Now, maybe not fully recovered, but, but back and playing pretty good basketball again. And it's just incredible. Like, because of Curry, they've cracked another title window open a little bit. And I also think part of it, too, is it's like, I think when Durant was there, so 2016 through 2019, they win two titles in three years. They go to the three finals in three years. And Maybe they win the third one if not for Durant and, and Thompson getting hurt. I think for I do think for a little bit, even for people that were paying a lot of attention to the NBA, it kind of warped everyone's brains a little bit in terms of like what does a championship team look like? All of a sudden it was like, Okay, well if you don't have four Hall of Famers on your team, like you can't like you don't have enough firepower to win a title. And it's like, no, 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 you pan back in and now it's like, okay, these teams can be imperfect and still, and still be very, very good and still win titles and, and, you know, contribute to these incredible legacies. And perhaps if you want to throw out the, the word dynasty, like they can, they can factor into that as well. So there is like, I already think like the Warriors are cemented as like one of the, like this run of the Warriors is like one of the, one of like the flagship teams in, in uh, league history, but certainly adding another title after you know it's been four years that which like you know it doesn't seem that long but it can be a lifetime in, in like the, the go-go world of professional basketball is yeah would be pretty impressive so they've got they've still got some work to get done uh between now and then but uh it would be it would be pretty massive for guys like curry 
and Draymond and Kerr and Thompson and Iguodala, you know, these guys that have been there Mm -hmm. for all the title runs. We're not uh, basically anointing Golden State here, but the odds are certainly in their favor. But Boston has won two in a row, especially to close out series already in these playoffs. So that's not out of the realm of possibility, but it seems like it is a little bit of a, a tough putt for him. I am a little concerned with how they played offensively in the fourth quarter of game five, which is that the third quarter of that game, they played all the right notes offensively. They were finding ways to get at Steph Curry. They were getting downhill. They were getting to the rim. Jason Tatum's making some big shots. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow. And when they play like that, when the Celtics are playing like that offensively, and they're finding the matchups, and they've got their blend going, the defense is incredible, right? Their offense is coincides with him also taking care of the basketball. They had some baffling turnovers in that game, and that's been a a problem for them in the playoffs. But when they're playing like that offensively, this defense is so good. When they're scoring, they also, and they're not turning the ball over, they also keep Golden State out of transition. And for the most part, like, these two half-court offenses have been pretty even in this series. It's been the transition that's been the difference maker for Golden State. And so I think Boston can do it. But I must say, I am a little concerned because everyone's tired, right? And you could even see Jason Tatum at the end of that last game. I mean, the second half, he threw up some really bad misses, you know, air balls, shots off the side of the backboard. So I'll be curious to see where Boston's, like, physical and mental mental stamina, I'll be curious to see where those things are heading into this game. Because if they can stay focused and disciplined and execute on offense, they can absolutely win a game. They can win two in a row because the defense is there. They've got the size and athleticism advantages in this series at full health. So assuming Robert Williams can stay healthy, Jalen Brown can can stay uh, in his lane on offense, (laughs) Jason Tatum can do his thing, then yes, they have it. But I am also a little, part of me is a little worried that just like they're tired and that fatigue is causing them to short circuit offensively. And that's then leading to Golden State getting these primo transition offensive opportunities. So if they can stay away from that, I think they can win two in a row, but it's just that, that is, that's tough. That's hard to do, especially against an elite defensive team in Golden State. Brian Geisinger uh, with uh, Sports Channel 8 and ACCSports.com. So I want, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, some ACC basketball offseason stuff here. Uh, let's kind of stick with uh, local teams, if you will, as far as the triangle goes. And uh, yesterday, Hubert Davis holding kind of a summertime press conference, trying to downplay expectations. You know, is that really what he has to be concerned about here is managing those expectations? I think for the most part, it's, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, coach speak with a bit of a wink. Like the expectations are going to be there. It's just unavoidable. It's UNC. They were the runner-up team. You know, they went to the Final Four. They almost beat Kansas in the title game. And they're, reco- they're, they're you know, bringing back four starters from that team, including some pretty good players, including a guy like Armando Baycott that was, you know, a top three or four player in the league this past season. They've got a strong recruiting class coming in. And because Kerwin Walton is transferring and now headed to Texas Tech, they've got this one scholarship to play with. And, you know, look, I've written about this a couple of times. It is critical that they try to find something or someone, I should say, to, to fill in for Brady Manning. Like, I don't know if people, even everyone who watched every second of UNC season last year, the kind of impact that Manning had offensively by being right. six foot nine, six foot ten, 
that could run around screens, that could set screens and pop. Like, the, the nexus of UNC's offense this past season wasn't like Caleb Love hitting setback threes. It was the connection between Brady Manick and Armando Baycott. It was the high-low game. It was Baycott, what he does in the interior, opening up stuff outside for Brady Manick or vice versa. The spacing that Brady Manick provides and the passing he brings, creating easy looks in the paint or easier looks for Armando Baycott. And just, like, I, I watched every UNC game. I cut up all of their films. Uh, Manic was critical for them as a floor spacer, as a screener, and as a three-point shooter. Just a constant matchup problem. So if someone on the roster like Puff Johnson or Don Shred Styles are ready to make a jump, and I'm, I'm sure they are to an extent, and Hubert Davis plugged both those guys during his press conference yesterday as sort of like obvious places for internal improvement and development. But someone like Pete Nance at Northwestern, like, he's not the same kind of shooter that Brady Manick is in terms of volume. Like, most 6'9 people on planet Earth don't shoot the basketball like right, that. Right, Period. But Nance can shoot. He can play multiple levels of the court. He's an excellent passer. He can really open up an offense as like a, as a handoff guy, which maybe sounds simple but does matter. Um, and when Baycott sits, he's a guy that can slide over and easily play center. And all of a sudden – the offense could look even different because they're not going to post up so much with Nance. But they could play with the elbows. They could use him as a handoff guy. And UNC's offense really struggled, I think, to get north-south this past season when Baycott sat. He was the one guy that could screen and dive and force an opposing defense to rotate behind the play. And, you know, if someone else was in at center, even a guy like Brady Manick, like when he screens, he's not going to roll. He's going to pop. So teams could flatten that out. They could switch and keep the ball in front. Um, and someone like Nance is someone that could allow you to, to keep that, 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 little, that little bit of rim pressure uh, on the floor, even when Baycott sits. He would be a slam dunk fit, like to pardon the horrible pun, but like he would be really good. This guy's an NBA-type player. Um, and I'll say this, I was wrong. Like I thought Dawson Garcia was going to really help him this past year. That didn't work right, out. Right. But, but, but Nance is an excellent, excellent, excellent player that does a lot offensively. I know there's some concern about the fit between he and Baycott, but Nance played a lot of like four at Northwestern too, uh, alongside Ryan Young mm-hmm. at center, who's transferring to Duke this next season. Yeah, and again, shooting and passing solved everything, and Nance can do both of those things, and that 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 makes what would seem like maybe uh like maybe a more rigid fit like a, a little more squishy, and I and I think would be really really good. But look to your original question, like Hubert can try all he wants. To tamp down the the flames here, if that is the thing, or, or maybe he'll welcome them. But like, there's going to be a ton of hype around this team. It's just going to be unavoidable. Yeah, Brian Geisinger, ACCSports.com. Another kind of big story this week. I don't say it's flown under the radar, but I, I don't think maybe people quite understand the impact that Jeremy Roach returning to Duke can have on John Shire's first edition of the Blue Devils. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, like. The way Jeremy Roach was playing at the end of the season for Duke, like, you know, they don't get to the Final Four. If Jeremy Roach doesn't, like, sort of – I mean, he was solid all last season, but he was incredible the last, you know, eight or nine, ten games of the year. Um, I know he did not have, like, a great game um, versus uh, UNC in the Final Four or Arkansas, but he was incredible against Michigan State and Texas Tech. He was incredible in the – I mean, even though they lost, he was super good. And the, the regular season finale against North Carolina, um, 
<clears throat> in Durham and just like his ability to run pick and roll, to turn the corner, to get downhill, to make good decisions with the basketball, assuming the three point shot jumps. I mean, you're going to want him to shoot not in the low 30s, but in the high 30s. And assuming he can get to the free throw line more this next season. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like, uh, you know, a lot was made of guys like Caleb Love coming back and RJ Davis coming back. And, you know, maybe because so many guys were leaving Duke and it was big names like Pilo Bencaro and Mark Williams, Nancy Griffin and Trevor Keels, maybe that caused Roach to slide in a little bit under the radar. But I, I do think because there was, there's been so much attention gone to the returnees for UNC that, yes, someone like Jeremy Roach or Heckman, uh, not to pull this in a completely other direction, but someone like Jaquavion Smith coming back to NC State. Yeah. Huge deal. Like, does anyone, I don't know if people know, he's the best returning prospect, like in college basketball, as far as the NBA draft goes next season. Yeah. And he's coming to NC State, but like, no one's going to talk about it because it's not, you know, or, well, that's not true. A lot, a lot of people are talking about it, but it's not going to draw near the attention that it is that Caleb Love or, you know, Leaky right, Black right. by coming back to UNC. So, yes, I do think Rose slid in a little under the radar, and I'm very excited to see. I think Derek Whitehead's going to be incredible for the next season. And Tyrese Proctor, who's the recent like reclassification guy they had from Australia that's going to come in next season. Very excited to see him. So I think those two guys will help Roach in terms of playmaking duties. But yeah, certainly Roach is going to have to be big for them. And he's going to have a, you know, a lot on his plate next season. And if the end of this year is any indication, um, you know, he's ready for it. We got to go, but I, you mentioned Terquavion Smith, so I wanted to give you a chance to expand on that a little bit. He's right up the road from us here in Farmville. It seemed like he just wanted to be a college student for another year. And he got some yeah. NIL money, so that yeah. helps. Yeah, I mean, that's like one of the – say what you will about NIL or whatever, but like one of the benefits of it is is like guys like Smith that are on the fence that, that, that are, are maybe ready to go to the draft, stay in the draft, but would like to come back to school – they can do it, and it's not, you know, the the difference in what they're going to make next season is not, you know, a, you know, an NBA rookie salary, which is a lot of money versus nothing. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it can you know, at least be some like decent, decent chunk of change. And like, look, the amazing thing is that everyone should have options, right? It should be if you want to come back to college, that's awesome for Dequan Smith. You know what I mean? I think if he gets stuck in the draft, I think he would have been a, a top twenty-five pick. Like he's that good. He's super talented. Um. But, like, it's his call, you know, and he clearly loves NC State. He loves playing for Kevin Keith and with Breon Pass, who's, who's going to be his teammate yeah. for a second season there. And, like, yeah. if that's the case, if, if you want to do that, you should absolutely should be able to do it. And, like, he's going to get to be one of the faces of the ACC. And, um, yeah, he'll have a chance to perhaps even, like, improve his stock. I will say the 2023 NBA draft is projected to be better than this year. So, like, you know, he's going to have to show something because it's going to be a deeper draft and he's going to be a year older. But, like, good, like good for him. It's a big decision that he wanted to. And for they to be able to offer him, like, a, a nice place, even after a last place finish, for for them for, for him to still want to come back, I, I think speaks something to the amount of program culture or whatever intangibles, what have you, are, are, are in Raleigh with Kevin Keith despite the lack of success. So, um, good for Tway Beyond. And I cannot wait to watch him play next season. He, he's an absolute treat and uh, to watch. And, and yeah, I mean, talent-wise, it's he's just he's got it. Like he's just wired to score. But he's got some of the best handles in all of college basketball. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to watch him play up close again next season. 
Uh, NBA and ACC Hoops Talk with Brian Geisinger, uh, Sports Channel 8 and ACCSports.com. Thank you, Brian. Yep, anytime. Yeah, so Pilkey agrees with you. It's good. Uh, it's good company to be in. It's good company to be. I in. guess so. Because Geisinger knows his uh, stuff. It's good company to be in. Uh, quick check of uh, the U.S. Open leaderboard. Adam Hadwin has stormed up the leaderboard. The 34-year-old who's won once on the PGA Tour is four under through 11. He leads a group of players led by Rory McIlroy at three under. Uh, we've also got uh, HV3 and uh, morning round for him today. Two over. And Phil Mickelson. Lefty's blowing up. Uh, I had, oh, seven over. Good gosh. So that's that. All right. Uh, tomorrow, um, we promised Curtis Strange this week. Now, Henry Hinton did the interview with him, but we'll have excerpts from that tomorrow. Uh, cool story with uh, Curtis Strange going back to Brookline this week, where he won the first of two back-to-back uh, U.S. Open. So some of that tomorrow uh, and uh, some other things we'll tell you about on social media. Thanks to Brian Geisinger. Thanks to Pilk. Thanks to Chris. And we'll see you tomorrow to wrap up the week. At the Vita Wellness Centers, happy starts with healthy. And All right, guys. All a good job. And a lot of healthy. That's why we offer exercise equipment and classes. I know. They're into pools and personal training, too. And more wellness services. Like nutrition and yoga. With no annual commitments or hidden fees. Zip, zilch, nada. Because here, it's more than a gym membership. It's a happy, healthy relationship. Sign up today at VidantWellnessCenter.com and... Don't forget to bring a friend. <laughs> <laughs>